podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first of our Wisdom Cricket Daily podcast covering England's Test Series in New Zealand. To be honest, for the first three quarters of the cricket, it was the kind of day that you'll be glad you slept through. It was a day of old-fashioned, gritty test cricket with England hovering around two and over before they accelerated nicely in the late afternoon to edge ahead in the test. England won the toss, elected to bat first on a decent, if slow, deck at the Bay Oval and ended the day on 241-4. Debutant... Dom Sibley looked good for his 22. Rory Burns was fortunate and impressive in equal measure for his 52. But the real stars of the day were Joe Denley and Ben Stokes. Denley initially dug in, fought hard before cashing in against the old ball to hit 74, while Stokes countered against the second new ball to end up on 67 not out at the close of play. I'm Yazrana and with me on the phone in New Zealand is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, before the series, New England coach Chris Silverwood said, one thing we'll look at is building a batting group that can bat long periods of time, stack the runs up and put pressure on the opposition. It sounds old-fashioned, but we've got to recognise that. We need the right people in the right places in the order. Well, England certainly batted a long period of time today. How much was the rate England batted at for the first two sessions to do with the pace of the pitch and how well New Zealand bowled? Um, They did bowl well, um, but I think it was... Uh, largely down to what you what you just mentioned there, really. Chris Silverwood demanding a bit of application from his top order after two or three years, where you know, encouraged by Joe Root and Trevor Bailey, England have wanted to field bat on ball. Um, you know, Silverwood wants to get, as he puts it, round pegs in round holes, and that means guys like Dominic Sibley opening, uh, Joe Root going to four, which is his preferred position, Ollie Pope coming in at six, and and today, you know, England started slowly, didn't they? They had sixty on the board at, at lunch, one twenty at tea. It didn't look like a it's going to be a thrilling day, and then they accelerated a bit in the evening. So it's a good start, but these things rarely work perfectly straight away. But that is a very good start for England. Is this going to be the model for England going forward? We saw it towards the back end of the Ashes with Burns and Denley content with eating up a huge number of balls at the top. Joe Root came in today in the 46th over, something that he's not done for a long time. And with Stokes, Pope, Butler and Curran below, wearing the bowlers out seems like a decent plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the only disappointment was, yeah, as you say, Root did come in in the 46th over and then uh, having taken 20 balls to get off the mark and then gifted a second by Misfield, by Jeet Raval, he then he then steered the next ball straight to second slip and he, he looked annoyed with himself because he knew that, that that wasn't part of the plan. If you if you see off a few balls, you, you catch in as, as some of the other batsmen did. So, But no, it, the whole tempo felt good. You know, Stokes came in and, and scored some runs as the bowlers tired towards the end on, on what is a pretty good pitch. Uh, you know, it's a good toss to win for Root. Uh, no one quite knows what's going to happen on the fourth or fifth day here, because of course it's the first test it's, it's ever staged. But this is, you know, it, it is a good start. Pope came in against some tired bowling rather than a night watchman, which which looked like a, a positive move too. So it, England will certainly take this. 120 for three. It could have gone either way, but um, they, they've ended up with the, in the stronger position, I think. Denley is forging what a year ago would have seen quite an unlikely test career. He's 33 now and he's hit 50s in his last four tests. Him, his and Stokes' partnership changed the feel of the, totally changed the feel of the, feel of the day. Yeah, that's right. It's his what's his fourth fifty in, in six innings. I think going back to the second the second innings at Headingley, where he ground out fifty in, in the Ashes. Um, it's actually his first uh, first innings fifty of, of the five he's made. It's you know he's, he's now looks like he's trying to set up a game rather than just reacting to a situation. So England will be delighted with that. The, 
I think he did really well today, actually. I mean, yes, you're right that he, he and Stokes' partnership changed the tempo of the game, but he, he went after Mitchell Santner when he finally came on in about the 72nd over or something like that, the left-arm spinner, hit him for four and a six, which he, he's developing quite a good habit of attacking a spinner you know, a couple of times in an over, hitting him straight down the ground. And, and that meant Santner, Santner's five overs, I think, cost 24, 25, and Williamson couldn't use him to, 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 to block an end up. Um, so then the, you know, he, he fell to the second new ball, which was a bit of a shame, a clever piece of bowling from Southie who went slightly wider the crease and drew him into the shot. But, uh, he, you know, he's doing well. And with, with Root going to four, England need a three who's going to contribute. And so far, Denny looks like late on in his career, at the age of 33, he could be that man. Um, and finally, what was your impression of Dom Sibley's first outing in Test cricket? Well, I thought he looked pretty organised. He you know, began very nicely with a clip through uh, mid-wicket for four, the first ball he received in Test cricket. He'll always have that. Um, and then it, the, the balls that were bowled on his pads, and there were a couple of those, he, he dealt with them well. Uh, one or two grumbles among the, the ex-pros, particularly some of the New Zealanders in the commentary box here, that uh, he didn't, have, didn't play many shots on the offside. And, of course, he fell to a a bit of a crooked-looking stroke mm. uh, on the offside. So that, that was a shame, and, and you know the analysts would obviously go to work on that in opposition teams and, and, and decide that to keep, keep the ball off, off Sibley's pads. But look, he hung around for an hour and a half, and it's, it's been a long time. I know you mentioned the Oval there, but generally speaking, over the last three years, England's opening partnerships haven't got as far as an hour and a half. So he put on 52 with his old mate, his old Surrey mate, uh, Rory Burns. And that's a solid start. Um, you know, let, Let's give the guy a chance. Let's not dissect his technique too early in his career um, England are going to have a look at him now for a few tests and if he can if he can get to lunch and then beyond then he's, he's certainly doing his job well fantastic thanks for that Lawrence enjoy your evening thanks a lot yes all the best I'm in the Wizen studio in London with Wizen.com's Tyler Hashim Tyler I talked a lot about England with Lawrence Neil Wagner has never played an international whiteboard game and New Zealand don't play test cricket that often so many of our listeners won't have seen him in action He's quite a unique bowler. Could you describe what he's like and what he does? Because I don't think anyone else in world cricket does it. Well, he sort of he doesn't walk back to to his mark. He sort of marches. The the shoulders are sort of open, sort of broad. He doesn't just run through, sort of thuds through, and and it's kind of you know what's coming. The the the, the short ball, you know, halfway down, and he's coming for you. He's coming for your body. He's not really coming for the top of off and. New Zealand don't need to, him to do that because that's that's the type of bowler he is. But from that description, I would take it that he bowls ninety miles per hour. But he also, he doesn't. He's not that quick. He's he's sharpish, but he's not he's not lightning pace. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I think the pace he was sort of touching sort of regularly today was sort of mid one thirties. Um, yeah, so that's that's mid eighties. Yeah, so we're not talking Joffre Archer here. He's relentless. That's the thing. He's sort of often when we talk about accurate bowlers you talk about bowlers being accurate in in hitting the top of off uh, neil wagner is accurate in thudding it down halfway down the pitch and getting it to thud into to batsman what was really impressive uh, today there was one short ball that really stuck in my mind um was uh, against rory burns and he was and he was going for burns and burns burns sort of ducks down he gets his hands down so he's he's done it played really skillfully and yet the ball still manages manages to hit uh, Rory Burns's left shoulder. That was a fascinating little battle between Wagner and, and, and Burns. I thought a couple of times Burns got struck, but Burns also defended very well against him. He was very happy to be hit, hands out of the way, at every available opportunity. Wagner developed a fascinating combination with Colin de Grandhome at the other end, who basically bowls exactly the opposite. His spell was much like his World Cup final spell, drawing up the runs, getting the ball to swing. Um, he dismissed both England openers 
Are you surprised by the way he got Sibley and Burns out, both edging behind a gentle, medium pace? The kind of bowling that still makes me think I've got a shot at Test cricket, considering, <laughs> considering those are England's two most accustomed players to facing like classic county cricket bowling, which is a category that De Granome is pretty much in. Were you, were you surprised by his effectiveness against them? Yeah, well, I guess my... I mean, that's something we, we were discussing um, ourselves in that for Dom Sibley, I guess the, the main test would have been of that iconic duo of, of Salvi and Bolt. Um, and then almost you kind of, I guess, in their minds when, you, when you're a test opener, and this is us trying to sort of just... And they, and they did a really good job yeah, against them. And this well. is us trying to imagine the thought process of test openers is that, okay, you're going to face that new ball. It's going to be quick. And when you look at Colin Dingaran home, I'm sure your eyes sort of light up. And with Rory Burns in particular, he sort of was kind of like going for it. He wanted to really sort of drive... De Granholm, but I guess maybe there's just such a, a, a drop in pace. But again, De Granholm is an excellent bowler. He's he's again a different type of relentless to Wagner. So he's still coming for you, but he's he's coming for you slightly slower. Um, you know, angling it. The, the ball Sibyl is lovely, actually. Really, you know, there's lovely shape on it and song away last moment. Exactly, and it's probably kind of the kind of stuff that Sibley's faced before. But I guess maybe this is me just trying to sort of imagine what's maybe going through his head. Um, that whole suddenly you've got to adapt your game because the ball's coming a lot slower. You you know you're not going to make the same point of contact that you are with say a a ball or Saudi and and De Granholm is when you talk about New Zealand cricketers you always talk about underrated New Zealand cricketers and De Granholm's you just look at his test stats you know uh, averages close to forty with the bat um, average I think after today probably under thirty with the ball um, one one excellent test cricketer he is. Burns' innings was a weird one. I thought he looked very classy and assured in the first session and then really struggled after lunch. I think yeah. that was partly due with the, the barrage of short balls yeah. uh, Wagner hurled against him. His battle against the Grandholm was much like his one against Murta in the Ireland Test early in the summer that nearly saw him drop from the Test team. Uh, there were in the two balls before he got out to the Grandholm, he played and missed and the third ball he, he edges behind. He also was quite fortunate as well. He... Uh, edge behind, but New Zealand didn't review. He edged one through the slips, but it went in between first and second slip. We just kind of looked at each other. Um, and he could easily have been given LBW to a ball that New Zealand reviewed. And it was just umpires called. Could easily have been, could easily have yeah, been out. I'm just seeing someone really dodgy for lunch because he just looked a completely <laughs> different player. I thought he was excellent in the first session. He was, he was brilliant in the first session. Um, Testament to how Wagner and Zagrandum kind of operate in that weird Zagrano, duo. Trent Ball as well. Um, although I think Tremble came on later, but uh, actually, sorry, Tim Southey, who was the f- sort of first bowler up after lunch. I thought he bowled, I thought he bowled better after lunch as well. Um, so New Zealand sort of definitely their bowlers definitely did pick up after lunch and, and improve. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, England have passed 400 in their first innings just four times in the last three years. So they'll be delighted with the position they're in. And I kind of talked about it a little bit with Lawrence as this being the template for how England go forward is eat up deliveries let Stokes come in in the 50th over. Uh, that's quite a dangerous prospect. How impressed were you by by Stokes today? Because we kind of take it for granted of how good, he, how good he's been recently. I think in the last four calendar years, he's played test cricket. Three of them, he's averaged over 45 with the bat. He's, he's a really, really impressive test batsman in his own right. And today he was brilliant, the way he accelerated towards the end. Yeah, well, he kind of just, I guess, sort of, when I saw him get his half-century, it was kind of like, Oh, he's there, you know. He's kind of sort of glided his way through it. There didn't look to be too much trouble. Um, he's definitely reaching a point in his batsmanship where he's kind of he knows his game. Like we, we've seen already that 
his ability to shift gears is sort of remarkable. Um, and now he kind of knows what to do at the start and, you know, how to build his innings. Um, and, you know, there's massive chance now of him getting to three figures because that's what he showed you in the summer, that he, he, he has that ability now to get, to go onto the big score rather than just get to 50 and, and get out. And the way he sort of went after ball with that second new ball, I mean, nearly backfired, he did get dropped. But some of the, those three sort of boundaries before the edge that goes for four, delightful, really. Shot of the day was the first one. Uh, there's those sort of straight drive through mid-off with you know, straight as bat and he, and he held the pose because he knew how good it was. Yeah, New Zealand weren't flawless themselves. Uh, not only was, as you said, there was the, the drop catch of Stokes that could prove crucial, but Burns, the ball that went through first and second slip, uh, there was a chance with Denley off Santner that didn't quite carry the short leg, but you feel short leg could have got there, the odd misfield as well. Not to do with how they performed in the field. Do you think New Zealand missed a trick in their team selection in selecting Santner? Denley really targeted him. His Santner's five overs went for 24 and New Zealand crucially to the discussion have Lockie Ferguson who is still somehow one of the stars of the World Cup this summer has yeah. still somehow still not played a test match yeah I mean I understand it must have been sort of appetising to, to play Ferguson but I still think you got to have a spinner I mean they lost a pretty crucial toss today you know um, Kane Williamson said he would have liked to have a bat to, to as well and to be honest I don't think they've done that badly um, what's, the, what's the final score again sorry 2 for 1 for 4 um we know England England showed a different side today and a new side, what, what they're trying to strive for. But again, it's England. So tomorrow morning, a strong morning, um, and you're still looking at, you know, you could still get through this England side. Um, you, you say that, but I, uh, as a delusional optimist, I, t- throughout today, was, was kind of like when, when Sibley, Burns and Denley were in earlier in the day, I was like, well, hang on, England are 45 overs in here and Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler and Curran they're still to come in. England haven't really had that kind of balance to their side in a long time. For the first time, they have six proper batsmen in the top six. Your wicketkeeper at seven, and all gun all rounder at eight, and then your three bowlers. It hasn't well, really been it like it's been... It would have been massive if Root had got going today mm. because this was finally the platform where he's not coming in at like some sort of silly score mm. and still sort of facing the new ball. He was sort of in the middle of the day, um, but then testament again to how those New Zealand bowlers bowled. Mm. Um, Trent Ball, um, you know, kept it tight against him. Conde Granholm get, kept it tight against him. Um, and he just couldn't sort of get through. And then came the shot off, off the poor shot off, off Wagner. Mm. Um, had, you know, had Joe Root gone through, then I would, you know, if I was an England fan, I'd be a bit more, be a bit more optimistic, yeah. Well, I'm really optimistic because Ollie Pope's at the crease. Uh, Ollie Pope, upon his return to the test side, is 18 out of 23 balls at the end of the day. How good are those um, For those who've not watched much of Ollie Pope yet, he just looks like a young Ian Bell with the cover drive, but he's got a better flick off the legs. So oh, that's a big statement. His, his, fl- his flick through mid-wicket at the end of the day was, was glorious. It was a wonderful shot. And we should be very excited about Ollie Pope. Yeah, he's, he's quite a good batsman, as that first-class average uh, will tell us. Um, but yeah, no, good platform for him. So obviously a bit strange probably for him coming against the new ball. Um, yeah, for all the talk of him. <laughs> yeah. Batting at six so he could avoid facing the new ball. He comes in after 1.3 overs of the second new ball. But um, I mean... But he negotiated very well. But um, yeah, well, it's the second new calm, ball, which yeah. is which is a good thing, not the first yeah. one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to Har. We'll be back this time tomorrow. If you've enjoyed the show, tell your friends. And if you're feeling particularly kind, leave us a nice five-star review. Have a good day.
Sports Social Podcast Network.